five things that you need to know. The Esca Podcast. Welcome to Esca's Monthly Podcast. This is Noel Montano, Esca's Executive Director. I'm here with Matt Pierce from the Esca team. And today's podcast, we're going to talk about five things you need to know about what's going on with Esca and in Washington. So thing number one, while a lot of the conversation over the past week in Washington, D.C. has been about Baltimore, it's been about Robert Mueller, but the House of Representatives actually passed a big budget deal before they headed out for their August recess. So this was a major item for them to check off their list. There were a couple of things that they had to accomplish in this budget deal and that they did. First of all, the budget deal suspends the debt limit until July 31st of 2021. This is really important because um, increasing the debt ceiling every year tends to be controversial with people looking, members of Congress looking to add additional items because they know that's a mass must pass item. Um, so for them to have done this to have it um, increasing the debt limit until after the 2020 election, that means that neither the Congress nor the White House will have to deal with this in an election year. The budget deal also increases the government spending caps. That was a big deal for the Democrats who felt very constrained by automatic spending cuts that were passed as part of a Budget Control Act. And so there's a little something for everyone. So while Democrats can increase domestic spending under this deal, it would also increase defense spending, which tends to be a priority for the Republicans. Um, it also prohibited Democrats from adding poison pill riders to spending bills for the next two years. So they can't just kill spending bills when we need these to, um, to have a budget. What does the budget deal not do? It doesn't mean we'll avoid a government shutdown. It's still really important to note that Congress must come back after this long recess and pass the 12 annual funding bills by September 30th. The House appropriators have been really busy and they've already passed 10 on the floor. The Senate has yet to produce any spending bills. That's going to make September really interesting as they try to get this done and avoid a government shutdown. So how did they actually, with divided government, with the Democrats running the House, Republicans in the White House and the Senate, how did they reach this budget deal? Um, having the president agree to it, I think helped build some House Republican support. He tweeted about it, asking House Republicans to support the two-year budget agreement. And so 65 Republicans joined with the majority of Democrats in passing this last Thursday. So the vote was 284 to 149. And again, it really did help to gain Republican support with the increase in defense spending. And the Democrats were good with the elimination of the spending caps. I think that the Senate is also looking to get out on their August recess, and so when they are ready to get out the door, um, this will be a major push for them to get done. So we expect them to pass this spending bill this week. Great. Thanks, Noel. The number two thing that you need to know is what Congress will focus on in September. As Noel mentioned, the appropriations process will be a big focus of congressional activity in September. The House has taken a big step forward in passing their spending bills. The Senate has not. And so they'll have to come to an agreement in September on funding levels that has been helped out by the debt and um, uh, cap spending bill that Noel just mentioned. One of the things to watch out for is what has happened in past is the president throwing a wrench in the last minute if one of his priorities is not funded, i.e. the wall. So that is one thing that we're looking at um, in September. Another issue that Congress will have to address this fall is trade. 
the U- U.S. Mexico Canada trade pact is still um, be, is still waiting to be ratified by uh, Congress. Um, it has been ratified by both the Mexican and Canadian governments, but the White House is hoping that the Democrats in the House and Republicans in the Senate will use um, September and October to ratify the um, USMCA um, and uh, really use that to replace NAFTA. There's also color, a couple other trade issues that that will be needing to be resolved this fall. Um, the U.S.-China tariff spat is uh, still ongoing, and the U.S. government and Chinese officials are working on a larger trade deal. Also, the looming Brexit in October may require a reworked trade deals for the U.K. and Europe. Other policy items that will, are worth watching is the uh, passage of the National Defense Authorization Act, which has been uh, passed 52 years in a row um, is the longest uh, consecutive, um, you know, bill that has um, been able to be passed on consecutive years, year in, year out. One of the reasons is because it funds the military, um, military operations and the, the Department of Defense, but also that it's such a big bill that uh, a lot of policy items related to small business and other um, issues right along with that. Um, the conference committee um, will address um, the House and Senate versions that have passed this year, this summer, um, in October, and we'll look at uh, trying to get something passed um, in September or October. The other, so those are kind of the three big policy issues that um, Congress will tackle, but one of the overarching themes will be House oversight in September. House Dems had Robert Mueller, special counsel Robert Mueller, in for a congressional hearing in late July. They'll look to continue the uh, drumbeat of the Mueller um, report ongoing um, as they look to continue to um, do their oversight responsibilities and hold the Trump administration accountable. Um, One of the big questions is, will Speaker Pelosi be able to hold back the impeachment wave with 113 House Democrats having come out in support of an impeachment inquiry. Pelosi wrangling to manage the impeachment issue is likely to impact what gets done in the House. In the Senate, nominations will be the big uh, thing to watch for this fall. The Senate has quietly continued to um, uh, approve and confirm judicial nominees, reshaping the court. There's also a big confirmation of the Director of National Intelligence, which could be complicated because um, Trump's nominee, President Trump's nominee, Representative John Ratcliffe of Texas, is viewed as lacking experiences. These nominations are likely to take up large amounts of Senate legislative time and bandwidth. Speaking of nominations, Noel can discuss an upcoming one that is important to the SE sub community. Good segue, Matt. Thank you. Thing number three, what's going on at the Department of Labor? There's been a lot of DOL news this month. It started a couple of weeks ago when current Department of Labor Secretary Alex Acosta submitted his resignation. Um, Deputy Secretary Patrick Pizzella was quickly named the acting secretary. Um, Acting Secretary Pizzella is very close to the White House and administration. As long as he serves in the next few months, it is anticipated that he will move forward on a lot of the White House priorities that Acosta was often criticized by the Chief of Staff of the White House and other players in the White House for being too slow to move forward on in terms of deregulations that businesses were interested in. President Trump also announced that he intends to nominate Eugene Scalia son of the late Supreme Court Justice, to head the Department of Labor. So the nomination and approval process could definitely take several months, especially given the number of items on the agenda that Matt just mentioned, plus the recess will take up five to six weeks of Senate time and they won't be back until after Labor Day. So we expect at the earliest that 
Eugene Scalia could be confirmed as the new Secretary of Department of Labor would be around Thanksgiving. So from an ESOP perspective, his nomination is really interesting to ESCA members. He has experience at the Department of Labor. He served as the solicitor at Department of Labor during the Bush administration. He's likely to see Department of Labor enforcement initiatives as problematic. He's generally regarded as being opposed to regulation and agency overreach. And in private practice, Scalia successfully litigated to overturn DOL's fiduciary rule and a number of other agency regulations. He's been in private practice at the law firm Gibson, Dunning, Crutcher. We know that some of our board companies might have worked with him, and if any of our member companies have had interactions and know Mr. Scalia, we certainly would be interested in hearing from you. And so as we await changes at the top in the leadership, ASCA is continuing to engage with the Assistant Secretary and his team to continue to provide technical expertise and request guidance in lieu of DOL's aggressive enforcement tactics that have been going on for years. So we're continuing to focus our discussions on substantive valuation issues. We're having these meetings, but we're also weighing in with our friends on Capitol Hill, and we'll be reaching out to the new secretary once he is in place to continue our efforts with Department of Labor. Thanks, Noel. Big item number four, transitioning from the DOL to Capitol Hill. It has been a big, busy summer for ESCA, and it will continue in August as ESCA is continuing new member education on ESOP issues, as well as building support among congressional allies and congressional members for S-ESOP issues. To date, ESCA has held 41 district visits held and or scheduled with 10 planned this August. You know, we are very active on Capitol Hill, but ESCA does love a good congressional recess because that allows members of Congress to visit ESCA members back in their home states and districts and meet employee owners, see what ESCA businesses do, and really see firsthand the benefits of employee ownership. One of ESCA's priorities in 2019 has been focused on new member education because of the new wave of House Democrats that won election in 2018 and 10 new senators in, uh, from all across uh, the United States. So far, nine new members of Congress has, have visited ESCA member companies so far, including seven members that sit on the Senate Finance and Ways and Means Committee. District visits have been especially great at educating and engaging these new members of Congress. We have hit a record number uh, of district visits twice this year, hosting seven district visits in March and in early July, late June, um, where seven members of Congress visited ESCA companies in one week. So it has been fantastic. While we do a lot of activity in the states and in the district, we've also had ESCA members come to DC to meet with key ways and means and Senate finance members. We've had meetings with um, representatives Tom Reed of New York, who's been a longtime ESCA uh, ally, and Earl Blumenhauer of Oregon, the same. And we've met new ways, uh, we've had ESCA members meet with new ways and means members like Brandon and Boyle of Pennsylvania. In all, ESCA members have engaged with key committee members from New York, Pennsylvania, and Oregon this summer. ESCA will continue to educate members through district visits this fall, with October being an especially good month to host a district visit. If you're interested in hosting a district, district visit, primarily the first two weeks of October when con Congress is on recess, please contact myself or DeAndre Brennan um, with ESCA, and we will help you um, uh, set up a district visit. But we also encourage ESCA members to look at ways to come to DC, and Noel can talk about one upcoming way that ESCA members can come out to Washington, DC to meet with their member of Congress. Yes, finally, thing number five, ESCA conferences. 
As you all probably know, September 25th through 27th is ESCA's annual Federal Policy Conference and Lobby Day in Washington, D.C. We will be taking more than 100 employee owners up to Capitol Hill to blanket the hill with new member education and request support for our SESOP legislation. So we really hope you can join us so that we can have a great turnout for the conference in September. We also, for the first time this year, will be hosting a regional conference. We'll be in San Diego, October 28th, 29th. We're calling this conference Politics and Breakout Sessions. We know that our breakout sessions in Florida are hugely popular and offer a lot of great information to our members, and so we will have several breakout sessions as part of this day-long conference in San Diego that we hope for, especially for those of you on the West Coast, will make it very easy for you to join us. But um, the two conferences will have very different programming between the Lobby Day and the members of Congress joining us in September, and then the breakouts and political updates and other content in San Diego. So feel free to join us for one or for both, and we really look forward to seeing you at an ESCA event this fall. And thank you so much for listening to the ESCA podcast. Those are the five things you need to know for July 2019.